Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY hi my name is jonathan and i'm the founder of the gateway to freedom workshop i want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up august 10th through the 12th in florida just outside the most magical place on earth orlando so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY that's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and uh, always my good buddy here, Stephen Cervantes. So how are you, my friend? I am blessed and glad to be here and excited. Yeah, we just had a we had a nice little just time of worship here just a minute ago, right? Just praying, thanking yeah. God for some things that have gone on, uh, not only this past weekend, but then just looking forward to some things that might be on the horizon. And so there's these are exciting times in ministry, right? Yes, they are. And... I wonder, you know, I thought, do we have anything else to talk about? But it's funny how there's always something to talk about. We never run out. We haven't run out yet. Well, you know what was funny is, so we just came off of a a Gateway to Freedom workshop this weekend, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that in in a minute. But, you know, one of the guys that was there, when he learned that I had done about 140 of these workshops, he's like, man, does that get old? Does that get boring? And I was trying to describe to him, I said, you know what's cool about it is we don't change what we do at the workshop in terms of ministry, because like these principles that we teach, they're timeless, they're unchanging, all of that. But it's kind of cool because every workshop is different because every workshop has different guys in it. Right. right? So there's all these unique stories and all these different guys that, you know, so I love that fact. And I think that's why we still have more to talk about, because... There's more stories to tell. That's it. So why don't you? Learning, and I like this last retreat. We, do we have our pictures up on this one or no? Is this just a talking or right there? We got a camera, but how come I so. can't see it on the screen over here? Usually I can see my. No, I messed, I messed it up. I didn't okay, want you. So. I didn't want you to get distracted by All your right, beauty. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're in trouble now. Uh, I love the laughter of this weekend. Oh yeah, the guys laughed and hooted, and it was just—it's exciting because it's like boys. We're all learning and growing, and laughter is a real important part of now, that. Now, let me, just for the sake of our, our listeners, they might be going, no, wait a second. You're you you're talking about these Gateway to Freedom workshops where men come who are usually in crisis. Maybe their marriage is on the line. Some of them might even be depressed, clearly sexually addicted, and you're talking about laughter? Mm. Help us connect that before we dive into this. Uh... Oh, okay, okay. So uh, there's a part of the program where some material is introduced to the men that sort of ties everything together, and there's a lot of humor in it. 
And sometimes we'll sit there and not a man will laugh. I mean, it's an hour and a half program and and nobody laughs and it's like, oh my goodness. And then you'll you'll participate and there's guys hooting and laughing and I'm laughing at their laughing. And it's just a, a, a Saturday night relief, but it pulls everything together. Yeah. And so I know I'm not being real clear, but I don't want to be specific. I just want people right. to know that we do but a I lot of work, and then there's a place where we laugh a little bit. Well, I think I think it's important to know that you know it, some of that is part, even part of the healing, right? I just think yes. sometimes we get so locked into this seriousness, and it's not to yes. say that it isn't a serious situation or a serious time. But maybe that's also part of the insights that a man can get during this season of his life is that good. don't abandon laughter. There are things that are good to laugh at and that can be even healing. So so with that being said, you brought us some stories. Yes. So why don't you I have the story. With... I'm calling it the story of three men. And uh, the question is, where are you emotionally? It's just a question that hangs out there. Because as I was driving over thinking, I thought, you know what? I think one of the scariest things to do in your life is to go inside yourself. Mm. I mean, people say, I don't want to go inside myself. I don't want to remember the story. I don't remember the pain place. I don't want to remember, you know, how bad it was. I don't want to remember, which means I don't want to know me very well. And, um, and so to be successful, you have to know yourself well. You can't connect with anybody else well until you know yourself well because you use yourself to connect with someone else. So knowing yourself is the starting point. And I made some observations about some guys. And I blend all the stories together. I don't want to talk about any specific person or gathering. And so I would just say in the last month or so, I put these pieces together. But uh, I have three types of men that we see. And you would agree, you notice these as the teacher also. There are people oh, yeah. that, that fit this, these three. So there is the silly man, number one, the arguing man, number two, and the awakening man, number three. And so I guess I'm having this conversation so you can think about where you are because you know, a guy can go to a, a, a seminar, a retreat, a training weekend, and he can hear stories of pain and struggle and suffering and strife. Um, and, and, and he can sort of try to stay above them, mm-hmm. not feel them in his body, remember his own. And so there are people that just sort of act silly. And at the wrong time, they say something that's funny or or somebody's talking about something painful, and they'll say, well, oh, you're not that bad. You're not that bad. Mm-hmm. Trying to make you stop telling your painful story. You could see people, how mature or immature they are, when you tell a difficult story. Yeah. Because the immature people go, well, oh, oh, well, what can I do for you? Let me, do, let me take you away from your pain, or let me make you laugh, or no, no, let me give you a pep talk up, or I'm, 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 I don't know what to do, but stop. You're hurting me with your story. And, and if I hear you right, that's more exposing themselves than it is necessarily what's going on in that other person's story, right? It's that's maybe exposing right. their own immaturity. It's coming they, out, yeah. and you can see it. Or maybe and, their own fear, right? 
Yes, it, it's driven by fear, but it's acted out in behaviors. It looks social, it looks nice, and they sound kind. Can I do something? Or let me give you a hug. Don't tell them more story. And they're just trying to stop you from talking because they're scared, you know? Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with giving a hug. But if you give a hug the first time somebody says something hard, it's like, what? Why'd you have to jump out of your chair and run over there? Let them unpack the story. It's just a story. So... So it's interesting. Pay attention to people. Are they comfortable with your story? Can they settle down? Can they listen? Can they participate in your story? Or do they try to make you stop? Because, now, let, let me ask you a question, yeah. though, before we get too far into this. Um, you're not saying that the silly man, the arguing man, the awakening man are the only types of men that we see, but you're just saying we want to focus on these this time. So, because I don't want to, I don't want our listeners to think, okay, I don't fit in any one of those categories, and mm-hmm. so I must, something must be wrong with me. We're just kind of highlighting these distinctive composites of what we yeah, see. Yeah, that what God has yeah. shown me recently. Yeah, and it's just a talking point for you to look at yourself because maybe you do some silly stuff, maybe you do some arguing stuff, maybe you're asleep and trying to pretend to be asleep even though the house is on fire. You know, right. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta know yourself. So over the course of this this weekend, you know, difficult stories were told about growing up and even about dads and how dads can be drunk or gone or working or angry. Dads can abuse their wives, their children, you know, and their men telling these stories of growing up in difficulty. And then you can see who's getting nervous and fidgety, mm. you know, and who's going to be okay. It's just a story. It's not happening right now. Somebody's telling what they went through. And and so you'll see the silly man abruptly trying to do something to change the subject. They don't want to say stay in deep hard conversations. Mm-hmm. They 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 want to change it. They want to soothe your pain as soon as it comes out. And I think this is very I think this is actually pretty common among a, a lot of men who you know, maybe are in fields of uh, work or or something like that where the environment is so much more about task. In other words, they're not in an environment where they maybe talk much or it's all about, you know, winning and losing and, you know, driven to success and all that, that, you know, sometimes um, a person can be highly productive in that kind of setting because it just is about get the job done. Yes, tasks. And, and then somebody things. starts, like you said, going into an emotional part of their being, and these guys immediately start hyperventilating, right? And going, yes. well, we got to, you know, tell a joke, get run away, um, you know, say something trite. And so if you don't listen to stories, if you're not comfortable with stories, if you don't use the language that's adult and appropriate, you look kind of silly. You look like a teenager that's nervous and fidgeting. You know, so guys will tell uh, at our gatherings, men, some men just break down and shed some tears. And and some guys will talk about how difficult their life was and how lonely. And Some guys were sexually abused. Some people have lots of sadness. And, and what are you going to do with that? Are you going to be okay? Can you just sit and stay? Or do you have to be shallow and nervous and fidgety and, you know, pretend that you're hearing a little light story because you don't know what to say? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the point is, 
is there silliness in in your behavior are you do you get nervous and don't even know what to do with it because people live with your silliness and they cue they watch you be silly and then they stop talking to you right because if you're going to be silly and you're going to say stupid things when i say a deep honest thing and you're going to try to cut me off or you're going to pat me and say it's okay it's okay it's okay don't feel it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. right then i can see your immaturity you know jumping at me and it seems to me like the the silly man is somebody that is is very unsafe in some ways in a relationship and what i mean by that is not not dangerous but not like so if you start sharing something if you maybe shed a tear if you you know, feel pain of some sort in your history, in your story, and you get a silly response, you are likely not going to continue investing in that person. In other words, they're not safe to invest in, in terms of going deep. And I think that leaves, if you think about this, if, especially for the, the, the men out there who are going, okay, I can identify, I kind of do respond maybe in an immature, silly way to people's deep pain or whatever then you can imagine what that does in a marriage relationship, right? Oh, yes. Because if a wife All is, your if a wife is yeah. saying, but let's just talk about that for a second. If a wife is essentially saying, I want to unpack mm-hmm. something that's really deep in my own life. I want to actually be vulnerable about something. And all she gets is a silly yes. response. That's going to shut her down. And next thing you know, you're kind of glorified roommates, right? You're not really, she's not going to share with you anymore because you don't, you're not safe to invest in. And that leaves a wife in a very vulnerable position, right? That's good. That's right. It becomes a lonely relationship because somebody wants to be shallow, silly, not deep. And the other person wants to talk about life and heartaches and struggles and griefs and losses. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also you find silly men, they blame the culture. Oh, you know why we do this. It's the culture. Mm-hmm. Or they say stuff, well, you know, every man, you know, every man, every man. I don't know who every man is, but, but they're the <laughs> representative to say every man, every man, you know, every man. They have to, every man has to. Yeah. You know, every man. It's like, I'm a room, I'm in the room and I'm a man. And I don't know what you're talking about, but you're the representative for every man. You know how every man, all men. All men. It's yeah, like, we're all like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, all... hey, I'm a man, and you're telling me all men are like this, and I'm not like that. Why are? You... It's just silly. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Don't don't say we or all. Who in the, who's the representative for all men? Well, what I hear you saying in that is there's a lack of willingness to take ownership of yourself, right? So in other words, it's like, hey, kind of kind of spread out <laughs> my good. brokenness onto kind of everybody else because I don't want to really own up that this is uncomfortable for me and and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, and, and here's the basic, you know, Lee Preston, a friend of ours, he said, if you can talk about your dad honestly, then you can talk about yourself and you know the struggle. But silly men don't want to say anything but good things about their dad. Yeah, dad He's, was perfect. He, he was, was perfect. Yeah. He was good. Everything was good. My childhood was good. I was a screw up. That's as deep as it goes. I was a screw up. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because I sat in a group one time when a guy said um, something happened to me in my youth sexually. Somebody sort of abused me. And he said, I'm a grown man, and I've never told my dad, and I wanted to tell my dad, so I went and told my dad. And then he said, my dad started crying and said, that happened to me. 
Mm. And what I love about that story is, is that sometimes if we think our parents are great or good, do you understand how that hurts our parents? They are not that. That's a false image. Only yeah. God is good. And so for an apparent, apparent to have lived under the illusion that I'm good and I'm always good or I'm great and I'm always great, do you understand what pressure we put on our parents? Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be real or human or flawed or struggle. And so what I love about that story is that man said, hey, I'm just a regular guy and so are you and let's talk. And the son invited health into the father's life. Yeah. And I think that's important to realize is that we can we can offer hope to the silly man, right? Yes. So rather than just kind of kicking him to the curb, maybe we need to continue being vulnerable and honest. But what would you say to the person out there, though, that says, okay, I'm the silly man? I mean, what would be some Well, when we get to, to the awakening man... Then the silly man that, can learn? Then silly man can learn what <laughs> okay. the awakening is about because we got the silly man, then we got the arguing man. Okay, so we're almost on a continuum here, huh? Yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. I hadn't thought about that, but but awakening is where we're all called, right, to transformation, to renewal, to open our minds, to submit our wills and our heart. Mm-hmm. That's sort of an awakening process, right? So the second guy is the arguing guy. He wants to argue with you about everything, you know? He, why do you think you got it all together? Who do you think you are? And I mean, and you, you try to help, and it's like you get this argument back. And it's like, well, just leave me here, and I'll leave you there, and don't act like you know more than me. Or well, why are you saying that? Are you implicating me? I'm going to argue with you. It's like you don't learn that much arguing. You right. learn a lot listening and trying new ideas, but just to argue and resist, I don't know. That's sort of stunted, I think. And this would be the guy, I suppose, that if you were to say to him when he says, uh, "Dad was perfect, childhood was great, nothing else to, right. you know, nothing else to see here," that when you say, um, "Actually, nobody's perfect," yeah. that he would be the one to argue back and he say, would, "No, my dad was great, and that's it. Drive the stake in the ground. That's it." And tell me, he didn't do anything wrong. He went to church. He was recognized as a leader, you know. And it's like I think to myself. Man, we have to make our parents gods or something. Yeah. They're not God, they're people. Mm-hmm. And so when you can tell the strengths and the weakness of your mother and the strengths and the weakness of your father, then you can know where you were raised. Right. Under the strength of dad and weakness of dad and strength of mom, weakness of mom. That's the shaping of of how I turned out like this. Mm-hmm. But it's easier just to argue and just say, no, I did stupid things. I did this to myself. It's all me. And in, in so many ways, you know, that can, I think the intention behind that is to feel as if a person is protecting their parents, right? Yes. And then almost feel as if they are being noble by mm. saying, this is all, it's my fault 100%. There's no possible way that my parents could have done any kind of wounding things to me or whatever. And, or ignoring or abandoning or neglect. We can't have any of that. Yeah, but that's almost like a false humility then in that guy, right? Because he's essentially not, he's still saying, it's all about me. Well, instead and, of, and if you mean, don't blame them, I'm the screw up. Right. No, they were good. I'm the bad one. I did all this bad. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you did. But you did it in a context and you did it in a void. And you did it without a leader, 
who's supposed to be older, mature, helping you, right? Yeah. So, so the but you're saying there's some pride still about I me. I believe I believe there is because it's it's still saying it's all on me. Oh, that's good. And in that's a way, right. in a way that can come across as if I'm actually being noble and humble mm-hmm. because really it's all me. I mean, look at how awesome my parents were and look at what a screw up I am. And what I'm trying to say is um no, there's actually plenty of blame to go around. Yeah. Right? So it's like we're all in this mess together. Right. But I mean, and, do you understand my point if your son says, "Dad, you're great." You're just great, dad. You're just man, dad, my dad's great. It's like it's, it's hard to say at that point. Um, let me tell you about the anger that I had earlier today when I, <laughs> you know, was in traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but but I might say, no, God is great. Yeah. Some days I'm pretty good. Yeah. But God is great, and then some days I'm not so good, right? Because we have to educate the children that we're humanity, because we want them to come talk to us instead of put us up on pedestals. Yeah. But the arguing man will say, no, great, good, don't talk. Why are you talking about my dad? And try to protect and all that. But there's no depth in this. And like you said, there's no there's no learning in that because it blocks you from being able to hear or see some of the things that are so critical to seeing from that upbringing mm-hmm. that begin to expose in a person's life maybe where some of the falsehoods and where some of the brokenness that exists in their lives today originated. Mm -hmm. And if they just continue to argue and say, no, 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 it wasn't like that, then they're blocking themselves from healing and growth. You got it spot on. If you can say dad had strengths and dad had weaknesses, then you can be honest. Yeah. Because you know who's next in line? You. Right. I have strengths and I have weaknesses. Nobody's all good or all bad. So let's put everybody in place as human beings. We have good stories and struggling stories. So I'm right and I'm wrong. Dad succeeded, dad failed. And why is that important? Because now I'm practicing good language on him and me, right? Yeah. So so then we go on to the angry man. Is this the time that's left right here? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. So uh, the the awakening man, I'm sorry, we went from the arguing man to the awakening man. I was like, man. we don't have time for the angry man. <laughs> we can't fit him in here. <laughs> So the awakening man, after enough time, and people bang on him, he's def- desperate, he's broken. A lot of guys wake up at our retreats. Yeah. And I love that, you know? And they say stuff like this. I've tried to be in control of my life, but I just have a mess, Yeah, you know? Or um, I, I always like doing the right thing if you're sort of a perfectionist. I really try to be good. I try hard to be good. But but I know I'm not that good, and I sort of need a supplement. If I'm, if I'm trying to be a perfectionist or trying to be really good, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to fail. And when I wake up, I'm going to see that, wow, I've been sort of asleep. Uh, I viewed the world wrong. Um, there is a good and a bad and a right and a wrong, and there's flavorings to life, not just do the right thing, do the right thing, and then can't do the right thing, I'm too tired, but do the right thing, do the right thing. And so it's like you start, the lights start to come on and you start to see, what have I done to me and what have I done to my wife? What have I done to the kids? Oh my goodness. Well, and what I hear in that is, I think part of the awakening is, some of what you're saying, it feels like the old system is essentially operating under this idea that it's it's win-lose, that's mm. it. 
Yeah. That's all it can be. Either I'm a winner or I'm a loser. Right. And what I'm hearing is maybe this awakening is, is saying, actually, you know what? I'm broken, but I can grow. Yes. I'm, I'm broken, but I can get better. That's and so good. it's not a win-lose proposition like either I'm either I am a winner, like that perfectionist, like yeah. I am perfect, or I am a loser. And and like there's nothing that can change in that. There's such a the permanency to that kind of mentality that I'm either a winner or a loser. And I think the awakening is saying, no, I'm broken, but growth is possible. But there's And don't we can... need like grace-based recovery right Absolutely, here? Yeah. We have these two extremes, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a tease. We're going to talk about that on a future show. <laughs> but, but I worked all the time. I tried to do good stuff. And this awakening guy says, but the truth is I hid my own feelings. Mm. Or I tried to never feel. I tried to live out of logic and duty. Because emotions are too, too confusing. And remember what I said earlier. What is one of the greatest fears? Going into your own story. Oh, yeah. And bringing your story to the light and telling your story. It's the greatest fear, and it's where you get your greatest health. Yeah. Because we're trapped in our fears and our perceptions and things we did in our youth that we wouldn't do as adults. But until we bring them to the present, until we look at them as adults— they're trapped inside us. Mm-hmm. He said, I thought logic and disconnecting and being distant from people, that would keep me safe. If I just had all the right answers and I just stayed unemotional and at times distant. But he realizes all I did was stunt myself. And you know what? I, I, I totally bought into this lie before recovery and it's interesting because when you said that there, you know, thought logic and disconnecting dis- distance would keep him safe, the the diabolical nature to that lie is that it doesn't actually keep you safe. It just makes you alone. Oh, that's good. So like when yeah. we, th- there's a type of feeling like, okay, if I can just kind of keep everybody away from everything that scares me in me, then I'll be safe what ends up happening is that actually drives people away mm. because how do we build healthy relationships? We have to be vulnerable at some point, right? We have to let somebody see and get into some of those areas that we are terrified of, but in order so that we can be known and then also be loved even in those broken places. And if we keep everybody at bay on that, we just end up alone. It almost then exacerbates all of those fears that we had before. So I stunted myself, and by living as an adult that's stunted, I have to do things, like you said, disconnect, have answers, quick, logical, right answers, or stay disengaged. Then the people around me get confused going, hey, why can't you just be real, Dad? Or why can't you just be with us, Dad? Or why do you have to have the answer to every problem? Well, I, sometimes I'm asking questions about life and in the future and God, and there aren't great answers, but you got to have all the answers, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't expose your weakness. But in an awakening phase, you said, don't have all the answers. Yeah, I'm on a growing mission. Um, and you stop trying to protect yourself, and you stop fearing failure so much and and hiding from others. You, you start being present more and mm-hmm. recognizing, uh, I got to work through me. And and be there when you work through you. And when the little ones are working through life, I want to be there too. 
So here's what I here's how I would say the awakening man applies to the transformation that would need to happen in the silly man and the arguing man. I see it this way. The silly man has to learn how to get honest with himself and with others. No more deflecting from the realities of your your brokenness mm-hmm. and your story. I see that the that the arguing man has to embrace true humility. He's got to begin to let some other people speak into his life and say, you know, that's actually a blind spot in your life. You continue to say dad was perfect and there was no problems. And so the arguing man has to get humble. And I think those yes. are that what le- leads to the awakening man is then it's a humble, honest man is going to be a man who knows how to build healthy relationships before God and before others. So and then ask better questions and not be so scared to go inside. I've seen men just cry. Don't make me go back there. Right. It's like, what's so scary? You were a kid. You're never going to be a kid again. Whatever happened to you is never going to happen because you're an adult. You wouldn't let it happen. But it's like we're, we can't go back there because yeah. we'll be the kid. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, listeners, I wanted to let you know we have launched a, uh, a Patreon website, which is a way that you can come alongside and partner with us and, uh, and also get great additional content, kind of some, some insider content of the, uh, the radio program. And so uh, all you need to do is go to our website, um, puresexradio.com, and then there's a little button up there that says become a patron. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get some cool content, some books and access to us and, and other kinds of things like that. So we would love for you to come alongside and partner with us in that. And just as another little teaser, it's likely on the horizon that there's going to be some webinars coming out where we're going to get the, the guru, Good. Stephen, here to take us through some emotional training. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, if you would like to also unpack your story so that if you saw yourself in any one of these, uh, you know, the silly man or the arguing man, and you're saying, I don't want to be that man anymore, please reach out to us. Uh, we would love to be able to walk you through a process of healing and growth. And until next time, have a great week. We'll see you back here on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thank you. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.